Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. All right, I want everyone to open their Bible with me to the book of Ruth. How fitting that we would worship the Lord like we are today as we go to the last chapter of the book of Ruth, the last message in this series. We're going to be looking at Ruth chapter 4, but I want you to look up here for a moment. And I want to say a, a, um, a couple things. First of all, this series started on Mother's Day. It starts with, with uh, two godly women, and it ends with two godly women. And I think it's very important for us to point out that women have been the spine, the backbone of so many spiritual movements of God. And throughout the generations, they played such a significant role in the kingdom of God. And what we did in the first message is we called all the women up and we prayed for them that God would give them the faith to continue. There are so many women. I, I think of Hannah who prayed. She was barren. And she prayed and prayed and prayed until the point that she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'm going to give this child uh, back to you. And what she didn't realize is that she was giving birth to a prophet, the prophet Samuel, who would be raised up to change the course of a nation. And it was because of her faithfulness and her focus on God. And there are so many others Rahab, who was being invaded by the Israelites, she put her faith. She was a prostitute, but she put her faith in God, and her entire family was saved, and she became part of the line of Christ. Hallelujah. That's why we go to prisons, because there are Rahabs in there that God is going to use in a mighty way. How many would say amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so this is such an important, such a powerful um, truth. The fact that Ruth, the, the series from, uh, the, the, the title of the series has been Ruth, a life of faithfulness and a legacy of fruitfulness. And we have been saying this over and over and over again, that when we are faithful, God will make us fruitful. And let me just go, I want to go over this very quickly so that you see uh, how this builds. In chapter 1, here's Ruth's journey. In chapter 1, you see that she was faithful to God and to man. She, she put her faith in God and she followed Naomi because that's what she felt the Lord was leading her to do. Then in chapter 2, you see that she was faithful in the small and she literally built her life off of the crumbs, off of begging. She built her life and God blessed her with those crumbs of power. And then in chapter 3, you see that she was faithful to counsel. She followed the wisdom of God and she followed the ways of God. And then there are these verses that we've been putting in front of you over and over and over again. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. It says, uh, verses 3 and 4 says, let love and faithfulness uh, never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then, everyone say then. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Then in Matthew 25, verse 23, the Bible says, his master replied, well done, good and everyone faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. When we are faithful, God makes us fruitful. When we are faithful, God makes us fruitful. And I want to tell you the title of today's message. So listen to this. She was faithful to God. She was faithful in the small, faithful in the council. Now what we're going to see is that she was fruitful forever. She was fruitful forever. And I want you to take that in as we go to read this text and make these points. She was fruitful forever. What she did for God 
is not only impacting us today, but even when we get to heaven, how many know the, the word of God will be preserved in heaven? And the history of the people of God will be celebrated. And she will be part of all of that. Amen? So now let's go ahead, read Ruth uh, uh, chapter 4. It's 22 verses, but we're going to march through this. It says, meanwhile, so last, last chapter, we're, we're picking up where, where uh, Boaz said to Ruth, I'm going to inquire about being your kinsman redeemer. Boaz is now fulfilling the role of a Christ figure in the Old Testament. Christ is our guardian redeemer, our kinsman redeemer, and he's on that mission just like Christ went on a mission for us. And it says, meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer uh, he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said, then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. The guy that he's talking to is first in line to be the guardian redeemer. He has the first opportunity to not only buy the land, but also to marry uh, Ruth and then uh, hopefully uh, have children with her so that the line will continue. So then it says, I thought you should, I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy in the presence of these seated of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you and I am the next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz, uh, then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the, of the dead with his property. At this the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now in earlier times in Israel for the redemption and transfer of property <clears throat> to become final, one party took off a sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and to all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought uh, from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. Those were her son, uh, her husband and sons. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's wid widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, which is the, the grandmother now, or her mother-in-law, well, was her mother-in-law, now the grandmother, says, praise be to the Lord who, has, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Uh, then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there, the women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of who that one which would become King David. Hallelujah. A little bit more. Then this, this then is the, 
is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. Fruitful forever. Could we praise God? Hallelujah. Let me pray. Father, God, I pray that you would open our eyes to these kingdom realities. That, Lord, you want to make us fruitful. You, wanna, you want us to bear fruit that will last. And by fruit that will last, you mean that we would be fruitful forever. God, I pray that you would speak to our church today. All three services. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to open our eyes and see, Lord, things that are way beyond us. Open our eyes and help us to understand that the race that we're running today, Lord, could have a very significant impact on tomorrow, on your kingdom, and on forever. Bless this word. God, give me the grace to communicate today, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. And amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, what we're going to see is the culmination of a life of faithfulness becoming incredibly fruitful. And I want to go very quickly through the first couple of points. The third point is going to be a little bit unique for us, but you'll understand um, why in a minute. Here's what happens. Where, what we're going to learn from Ruth's life is that ultimately, because of her faithfulness, there was a reaping that takes place. When you're faithful, there's a reaping that takes place. How many know if you're faithful to God, there's a reaping that takes place? You can be faithful to a lot of things and potentially not reap. But when you're faithful to God, there is a reaping. When you're faithful to God, he makes you fruitful. He makes you fruitful forever. Here's what Ruth reaped very quickly now. First of all, Ruth was able to reap the blessing of acceptance. The blessing of acceptance. At this, the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now here's, here's what he meant by that. If you look up that word in the Hebrew, what he was basically saying is, I might corrupt my own inheritance. Because Ruth was a Moabite. You see? And what he was saying is, I don't really want her to be part of our line. Okay, I don't want her to be part of our line. She doesn't qualify. This is where you see Christ as our kinsman redeemer. Because what you see, and listen, when I have ever debated or had conversation with people, if I could graciously say it this way, my criticism against every other religion and philosophy is this issue right here. Every other religion and philosophy has all of these qualifications. In Christianity, there's one qualifier. It is our kinsman redeemer. He paid everything. No matter how corrupt we were, he paid the price. He shed his blood so that we would no longer be corrupt. Hallelujah. We would be rejected at every level, but Christ died. He shed his blood, so though our sins be as scarlet, hallelujah, they can be made white as snow by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why we have people from all walks of life, from every tribe and every tongue. You know why? Because we could not earn it. But someone paid the price. The next time you hear someone say, I have been redeemed, it's talking about the kinsman redeemer. Jesus is our guardian redeemer. I hope you recognize today what a blessing it is to be accepted by Christ. It really should make us worship differently, shouldn't it? We should sing and the paint on the, the ceiling should fall down. Because we've been accepted. Somebody said, no, you're corrupt, but Jesus said, no, they're not corrupt. I paid the price for them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So first of all, first of all, what we see is that Ruth, she reaped 
the blessing of acceptance. And I'm going fast through these points because the third point we're going to spend more time on. Secondly, we see that Ruth reaped the blessing of the prophetic word. She reaped the blessing for the prophetic word. Look at me for one quick second. What I'm going to talk about right now is, not, is very spiritual. It's, and if you're, if you're younger, especially, this is for all of us. But if you're younger especially, you need to pay attention to this. Because this is a kingdom reality and a kingdom reality only. This is only the kingdom of God. Okay? So look at what happens. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. And then they start to speak a blessing, a prophetic blessing over his life and over the life of his home. And talking about the great line that he was becoming part of and that she was becoming part of. May the Lord make the woman who's coming into your house like Rachel and Leah who built together up the family of Israel. These were the women that were responsible for the 12 sons that made up the 12 tribes. And then it says, may you have standing and be famous in Bethlehem. Uh, through the offspring the Lord gives you, uh, gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. We're talking, they're saying, may there be generational blessing. May there be powerful blessing when we are faithful, when we come under the beautiful umbrella of God in our lives, then someone can come and speak blessing over your life. We need blessing spoken over us. We need the older men speaking blessing over the younger men. We need the older women. We need a place where the word of the Lord is alive and well, and God is speaking things into the generations far beyond us. We need the word of the Lord that goes beyond today. But it, you got to be faithful. you got to see beyond today. There are things that are far beyond this moment. I don't know how long it will be until the Lord comes back. But Jesus, find us faithful and our children and our grandchildren faithful. God, would you put a prophetic blessing on our homes and on our families. Lord, do it by your mighty power. It is possible it is real. Only in the kingdom of God. Because only God is the alpha and the omega. Only God has the power to influence the future. All other gods are like nothing. They're just wooden idols. Idols of stone that can do nothing. But we serve the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he reigns over all time. Hallelujah. He reigns over all creation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Some people settle for saying, oh, I came into the church. I want everything. I want to be part of something that goes all the way back to the book of, to the very beginning. It says in the book of Genesis chapter 12, chapter 12 then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham began to live by faith. And he followed God by faith. And he made a sacrifice by faith. And God blessed him. And he said, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to give you so many children. More than stars in the sky. And sands on the seashore. God is able to put his prophetic blessing on our life. And we need to get hungry and say, God, speak over our children, God. Speak over our grandchildren, oh God. God, help us to be part of something great, oh God. They were saying, now you're going to be part of something great. You see, no matter where you come from, no matter the, uh, the, quote, corruption, the emptiness, the rejection, all of those things, Ruth is our poster child. Because many of us, we didn't come from tall cotton, but aren't you thankful that he found us? And he's blessed us. And he wants to continue to put his prophetic word, hallelujah, over our lives. Who knows words that were spoken to people that are before us, that have reached our lives and we don't even know about it. And we're part of that. And I want someone to be part of his blessing upon my life and on your life. Amen. Number three, Ruth 
reap the blessing of generational fruitfulness. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Jesus sits upon the throne of David. David was the man after God's own heart. And what they go on to do is say, this then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. And it goes, listen, Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. Why is this in the Bible? Because it's speaking to the power of generational blessing. It speaks to the power of really having and being part of a godly line. Okay, here's something that happened when I first gave my heart to the Lord. Here's something that started to happen. So I started to read old books. And as I read old books because of the guy who discipled me, who was a police officer, he started to hand me these old books. It turns out these were the books that Pastor Simbler was reading, you know, and had grew, grown up on. And as I was reading these old books, I was walking into church on Sunday and feeling like, you know what, there's something about this man, Pastor Simbla, who what I feel in these books, I feel coming through him. You know? And I remember praying, God, you know, I want to be part of the line of men like this. There's like a stream throughout history from the cross all the way till now that men of God have, have been part of. There were Methodists and there were Baptists and there were this and there were that and there were all sorts of denominationalism is baloney. Can I tell you something? Absolute baloney. You know what really counts is that God wants men that are after his own heart like King David was. You see, and then what happens is, is, is there's this powerful chain, this incredible link through history. And here's what I started to do today. I started to do a little bit of, a, a little bit of research with our staff. And uh, I started to ask some questions. Here's, a, a, real quickly. So Pastor Matt's grandmother and grandfather served the Lord their entire ministry. His grandfather, it was your grandfather who went to Moody 100 years ago. His great-grandfather went to Moody 100 years ago, was a man of God. Which was the one who had a stroke? Which was the one? Great-grandmother went to a meeting where ministers were drinking, and she was so upset that she had a stroke and went to the hospital. <laughs> she was so shocked and so overwhelmed by that that she went to the hospital. Okay, and, and in that line there was adoptions, Matt's, uh, Pastor Matt is adopted, and there was a lot, there was part, adoption was part of that line, Pastor Matt's mom led her, uh, her husband, his adopted dad to the Lord, and Pastor Matt came, and we are the recipients of an amazing line of people. Pastor Jake, who when we met Pastor Jake, let me tell you something, this brother was a rascal. You know, he's a rascal, you know. And, and what's amazing is that his grandfather served the Lord, maybe his great-grandfather too, and then, then something happened with his family because his, his grandfather adapted uh, an African-American child. And, um, and what they did is, is uh, they put a cross, even Christians, they put a cross in his front yard and burned it. You know, they weren't real Christians. And it really impacted that line and that line of kids towards the Lord. But now his grandson comes, and you know what? The power of faithfulness. Okay? Jake had a strange little thing with his heart, and he had to stay, and somebody invited him to our church. And uh, we got him in, and he, he got saved during the story of love and got baptized. And, and now he's a pastor on staff, a man of God, because God was reaching out and snatching. I got, there are two. Where's Pastor Jose? Pastor Jose, real quickly, listen to this. 
Okay, today's message is a little different. Come quickly. I want you to learn real quickly about Pastor Jose's origins, and then Susie, I want you to come too. My my grandparents migrated uh, to Chicago in the late 40s after World War II and 49 and uh, moved into the Spanish uh, slums throughout Chicago uh, looking for uh, a better life for his family. Um, Struggling with with the economics and and, and language barriers, he turned to alcoholism and my my grandmother was a santera. Uh, in the in the early 50s, my uncle turned to street gangs for affirmation. And at one point, he was being chased, and he ran into a church uh, uh, near Sheridan Avenue. It was called Chicago Tabernacle at that time. And in the back, he was kind of just sitting there. Uh, yeah, it, and then it was Chicago Tabernacle in the early 50s that became Faith Tabernacle in the uh, mid-50s. He was sitting in the back of the sanctuary a bit concerned. And there was a missionary there. It was a missionary Sunday that, that spotted my uncle in the back. And God planted a great burden on his heart. His name was Clarence Hillman. Well, Clarence followed my uncle to uh, his house and uh, knocked on the door. My grandfather came. And he was, my, my grandfather was a bit belligerent, did very little English. And uh, this missionary began witnessing to my family. Shortly after that, in the uh, early 50s, my uncle gives his life to Christ, and then my grandfather gives his life to Christ. Uh, my grandmother uh, battled and tried to, uh, attempted to put incantations and all that stuff over my grandparents and over the missionary, but God had a greater plan. About a year after my family being saved, my, grand, my grandfather and uh, my, uh, my mother has 13 brothers and sisters. The 13 siblings giving their life to Christ My grandmother gives her life to Christ a year after that. About 10 years after that, my grandparents went to the Bible Institute and uh, became pastors of, uh, within a uh, Spanish congregation and began planting churches in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And then 40 years after that, uh, after running from the Lord, uh, God had a greater plan and in 1999 saved my life. And in 2009 allowed me to minister overseas and in 2015, 13 brought me back and is allowing me to pastor since 2015 alongside Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Susie's family is connected to two great missionaries, Hudson Taylor and Gladys Aylward in China. She's going to tell real quickly her story. So I got the details wrong for Pastor Toledo this morning, so I called my aunt. <laughs> she lives in Illinois, and she straightened me out. But um, my family uh, have been Christians on my birth mother's side for, since the 1800s. That's as far back as we can trace it. But they were Scandinavian. They were from Sweden. And my great-grandmother, they had moved from Scandinavia to the United States. And during that time in history, Pastor Toledo talked about old books. But that was that era when there was just this amazing awakening that was taking place in pockets all around the world. And um, what happened is people were so filled with um, revelations of Jesus and they became so in love with Jesus, Jesus started putting the burden of souls on their hearts. And he planted these courageous seeds in people's hearts. And so my great-grandmother was one of them. She was single and she felt called to go to China to minister to people. So as a young single woman, she packed her stuff up and went into a, on a boat to go to China. And back then, the way they did it is they would pack their belongings in coffins and take them on the boats because they knew that most likely the chances were greater that they would be buried there than that they would come back alive. So she went on her boat. I don't know if she was alone or with some other missionaries, but she went as a single woman. And when she was in northwestern China, so that was the inland, um, that's where she got connected with um, Hudson Taylor and the movement that he had spearheaded on the inland of China. Who was um, That was his pioneering work. And they worked there, and as she was there, she met my great-grandfather, and they got married, and they began having children. And the political climate in China at the time was um, pretty unstable. They were going through the Boxer Rebellion, and there was a lot of bloodshed happening at the time. So while they were there ministering, there was an attack through this Boxer Rebellion, and they tried escaping, but in their escape, their daughter, which I think she was probably elementary age, but they came after the Christians, and they murdered her. So everybody else got away except for this girl, their daughter. 
um, and they ended up moving. They went back to the States for a short season. They gave birth to my grandmother, and as soon as they got settled back together, uh, they went back to China to go minister again. And they took my grandmother there. My grandmother was raised in China, speaking the language, running around with the local children. And um, my grandmother was an evangelist at heart. She loved going into the villages and preaching the gospel. And um, so she grew up and then went back to the States to become a nurse. And then went again as a single missionary to China. My grandmother followed her mother's footsteps. And that is where she um, met Gladys Ilward. Gladys Ilward was a missionary from England who, against all odds, became a missionary and began a work in a village, a very remote village, and because of the Japanese invasions, started taking children in who were um, being sold into slavery in the shrine prostitutes. She ended up with 100 kids and took them over a mountain range to safety. Uh, she was the only adult, and at the very end of their journey, she had a nervous breakdown because it was a really difficult journey. And in this moment of just despair, one of the little kids came to her and said, um, Miss Gladys, you taught us the song. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. We just need to pray and God is going to answer us. Because they had come to this lake and it was the last point that they needed to cross before they were safe from the Japanese. And she just had nothing left inside of her. So the children prayed that day. And they waited and waited, and there was nothing. It was clear. There was, there was no hope of escape until this little fisherman boat came and said, what are you doing here? You're crazy. You're going to die. I'll take you. So in trips, he took all the children across the river to safety. And at that other side, this woman had, she was just done. And that's where my grandmother, who had been trained to be a nurse, took care of her, nursed her back to life. And um, after my grandma and grandpa got married, they began having children. They had eight of them. Um, went on the boats back and forth. My grandpa and grandma graduated from Moody on one of the trips back, went to Wheaton, went back to China with all their children, and um, ended up in Taiwan where he started um, a school. My grandfather started a school that Don Labadi, student taught at several years ago. <laughs> and, so, and there's a young lady at our church that graduated from that, Morris Academy, that he founded in Taiwan with working alongside with Gladys Aylward and ended up preaching her funeral. So Tell the story with the question. Oh, yeah. My grandfather passed away when I was in college, so maybe 10 years ago. And um, we would go visit him when he was an old man in a uh, retirement home in Oklahoma. And one time we were there as a family visiting him, and we would ask him some questions, and he would just speak to us about the ministry. He would speak to us about doing the work of God and being a believer. And he said, you, you have to remember this. The work that we did was very hard. We did pioneering work. And um, we went with the expectation of giving our lives, and many, many of our coworkers gave their lives for the sake of the gospel. They died, whether it was from sickness, very difficult circumstances. But he said, you have to remember that the villages, as an old man now, I have the privilege of knowing what happened to those lives that were given. Because the villages where there were crosses, where the people were buried, that's where the revival in China broke out. And I don't know if you know about the revival in China, but it has swept through there in my generation. There are so many believers now in China. And now China used to be considered almost unreached. People had no hope of Jesus Christ, no hope of eternity, very dark place. But now there are so many believers in China that they are one of the top nations that are sending missionaries in the whole world. And they're, they're fierce. Amen. They're fierce. They're devoted. And they have that same spirit of I'm going to give whatever it takes for the gospel to go forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, so. hallelujah. When you're faithful to God, he makes you fruitful forever. See this young man here, Chris Singh. Chris Singh's grandfather was blind. And he became a Christian. He comes from a Hindu family, Hindu line. And his grandfather had Chris Singh read the Bible to him. And because Chris Singh was reading the Bible to him all the time, sooner or later, how many know God got a hold of him? So look, you need to, so Chris Singh is single right now. You could, you could give me 50 bucks later for this, all right? But he, but listen, seriously, 
We believe. We believe that God is going to use his line. That's what we believe. Ray, stand up a second. This is Ray DeJesus. Ray used to be the president of the Latin Kings. Ray was a notorious, notorious criminal in this city. Ray was steps away from, from ending up in prison and he had a vision of Jesus. His grandmother prayed for him. His father was a gang leader and his father died at a very early age. And Ray was running on the streets and since he was like 11 years old, he was already a madman. Ray had a vision of Christ. Jesus revealed himself to Ray. He was going to be part of a deal and the, basically the Lord said, don't go. And he didn't go and the Lord said, if you'll just follow me, I'll bless you. And he walked away from all of that and the people who were part of that deal ended up in jail and all kinds of stuff. Ray's become a business owner. Ray has had many, many of his soldiers who used to be soldiers were, are part of this church today. Many, many, many of them. There are so many men and their children. We've prayed for Regal many, many times. Regal was one of the soldiers and on and on. And they're all over. And they're serving you right now. And can I tell you something? I went to lunch one day. Or no, actually it was a dinner. Because I went out with this big group. I'll never forget this moment. I went out with this big group and I was talking to one of the guys who was a, quote, a soldier. All right? And... Uh, and as I was talking to him, I was sharing, and it's like a 10 or 11-year-old son was there. And I, I said something, and I quoted a verse, and his son corrected me and said, no, Pastor, the verse is actually like this. <laughs> and I was like, yo, 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 wait a second. No, no. <laughs> and I was just overwhelmed in that moment that this guy, who used to be a darkened criminal, is now a man of God. And now his son. How many know there is powerful generational fruitfulness? <laughs> Last thing, real quickly. Here's the story, real quickly, of, of Chicago Tabernacle. And it revolves around two faithful women. Grandma Stell is Chrissy's grandmother right now on the left, who's 102 today. Uh, uh. Grandma Arn is on um, Carol's side. Grandma Arn was saved in Wisconsin. Her husband was a very abusive man, but she stayed faithful. Look at me for a second. He was so abusive that when she gave her life to Christ, he would lock her out of the house. There were many nights that she had to sleep in the car. He was an angry, angry, wicked man, but she stayed faithful. They had uh, daughters. Their daughter, Wilma, married a man named Claire Hutchins. Claire Hutchins founded, uh, who was from Illinois and actually was on staff at Faith Tabernacle and may have been on staff at Faith Tabernacle when Jose's uncle ran into that building. But nonetheless, he went to Brooklyn, New York and founded Maranatha Church. Then Estelle Simbla and her family went to Maranatha Church in Brooklyn now, Estelle got saved in Pennsylvania, lived with an abusive, alcoholic husband, but she stayed faithful. Okay? When her husband died about, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, 15, 20 years ago, her husband died sober and he died serving the Lord. Listen, her son became a pastor. Okay? So now Estelle, go back to the right side. Estelle, Simbla, and family attends Maranatha. There... Uh, Claire Hutchins' daughter uh, uh, married Estelle Simbla's son, Jim and Carol Simbla. They founded the Brooklyn Tabernacle. The Brooklyn Tabernacle has, has been used. Literally millions and millions of people have walked through the doors of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Their music, the songs, the books have gone all over the world. I had a friend who was in a remote mountain someplace in Tibet, and a guy came and said, look at this. I'm reading this book, and it was one of Pastor Simbla's books. Okay? And then uh, uh, um, 
obviously I went to Brooklyn Tabernacle, met Chrissy. This is how Chicago Tabernacle was born. So look, these two women who stayed faithful. When you're faithful to God, he makes you fruitful forever. Look, son becomes a pastor, grandchildren in ministry, great-grandchildren in ministry, and great-great-grandchildren uh, growing up in the Lord. Um, Pastor Simblas, uh, my other brother-in-law, Brian Petrie, has, one day I got to bring him here. He has a remarkable testimony, and God pulled him out of incredible brokenness, and today he's a pastor on staff at the Brooklyn Tabernacle serving God. My son-in-law, Josh, comes from a line of people. Some of those people were part of a daughter church of the great revival that took place at the early 1900s, the Azusa Street Revival. They were part of that church, and today, because of that line, that Josh ended up at this church and married my daughter. Why am I saying all of this? Why am I saying all of this? What I'm saying to every single one of us is we need to have faith. And we need God to give us the grace to be fruitful. And here's why, I wanna, I wanna say this, okay? Your faithfulness today, listen, your faithfulness today is a fight for the future. Your faithfulness today. What are you going through today? What is the battle? Okay, Shelly, uh, my assistant, she's the first one who got saved. She led her mother to the Lord. Her mother died of cancer when she was a teenager. Her brother got saved. Her brother's kids now know the Lord. I got pulled out. I don't even know how I ended up in this. You know what I mean? I got saved on a baseball field. Don't you realize that your faithfulness today is roping so many people in. We don't even understand the amazing plan that God has. All we have to do is be faithful today. And you might think, but you don't understand the battle I'm going through. You don't understand my weaknesses. You don't understand my battles with sin, my struggle with darkness, my struggle here and my struggle there. What I'm telling you is that God is greater than all of your struggles and all of your lack and all of your everything. God is breaking chains in this house. God is breaking chains in this life, in the here and the now. God is breaking chains today, and there's going to be amazing fruitfulness tomorrow. Hallelujah. I want to stand up to our feet, all of us. I want God to help us to be faithful. Could you ask God today to make you faithful in your life? Could you make a fresh commitment? Could we ask God for fresh grace? Come on, talk to God today. Offer him your simple life. You have no idea how God wants to use, if he used Ruth, if he used this Moabite who was a, a, a considered one who was corrupt. How many know he can use us? That's his way. God is able by his mighty power. We want to look beyond, look beyond this moment and say, God, you will make us fruitful forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Help us, oh God.
pray today to the left and to the right if you're here today and you're older I want you to pray not just for fruitfulness but I want you to pray a prayer of prophetic blessing over someone if you're younger I want you to pray to the left and to the right that God would make them faithful because if they'll be faithful, they will be fruitful forever. People are going through all sorts of battles today. We need to dare to believe that if we just follow God, God will make our lives and our line fruitful. You might say, but there's chains on my lines. Our God is a chain breaker. Hallelujah. He can break the power of darkness, of alcoholism, of voodoo, like in Pastor Jose's line. He can break whatever bondage there is. Nothing is too hard for our God. I want you to pray to the left and to the right. God, make us faithful and make us fruitful. Come on, all over the building. Hallelujah. We want to be fruitful forever, oh God. Fruitful, God. Hallelujah. Father, we lift up every generation that is present in this building today. God, help us to run the race. Lord, help us to fight the good fight of faith, oh God. Lord, we ask that you would find us faithful, oh God. God, pour out your spirit, Lord, on every generation, oh God. God, from the oldest to the youngest, pour out your spirit upon us and make us faithful to you, oh God. Faithful in the business world, faithful in the marketplace, faithful in the schools, faithful in home, oh God. God, let every generation be made faithful, oh God. And we believe you for a powerful, oh God, eternal fruitfulness upon our lives, oh God. We believe you to shatter generational chains by your mighty power. Hallelujah. You're able to make soldiers of darkness and turn them into soldiers of light. 
power I pray Lord for the upward gaze in every heart I pray that our eyes would be fixed upon you I pray that our hearts would be on you oh God God make us like Ruth oh God make us faithful God we want a life of faithfulness and God we trust you for a legacy of fruitfulness Nothing will stop, oh God, your power to make us a fruitful people, oh Lord. Do it by your mighty power. So, Father, you know the struggles that are present, the heartbreaks, the emptiness, loneliness, physical ailments, financial challenges, difficulties, Lord, pressures from the outside and pressures within. God, we pray for your grace, O oh God, to make us faithful, O oh God. Help us, O oh God. We thank you for this day. And God, I believe that as we have prayed for each other, God, I believe, O oh Lord, that prophetic blessing has been spoken over your people, O oh God. May young people here, Lord, be raised up to do incredible things for God. May older people here continue to do incredible things for God. God, I pray that doors of ministry would blow open, O oh God. work because night comes when no man can work and we want to work till Jesus comes so fathers we go from this place Lord let there be such a deep strength in every heart knowing that you are faithful your promises are yes and amen in the mighty name of Jesus come on let's praise him together let's put our hands together